with you through this time of fear that's going throughout America. Let us rejoice that you're still the same yesterday, today, and forever. You will not change, and we will come through this victorious. Yes, it's been an inconvenience, but we're going to come through this victorious because you are in charge far and above anyone else. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that we can still praise you and let it become our prayer through this time. I just want to be with you. Just want to be with you. And Father, tonight we take a moment to lift those who don't know you. Father, many that don't know you are really running scared and in fear and worry because they don't have the security of Jesus. We lift them before you, our friends and family. Lord, we lift a co-worker. Lord, we lift the neighbors. Father, those that we are going to meet in the days to come. Lord, that we get a chance to plant the seed. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to water that seed. Father, you bring a peace into the spirits of those who are scared. Lord, you bring a peace into the spirit of those that don't know you. And Father, let this time be a time to come to know you. We lift our fellow EACM members around the globe, Lord, in many countries. As we all are battling throughout this time, we ask you, God, to touch them, strengthen them, speak to the pastors, speak to the evangelists, speak to those, Father, to even their, your sons and your daughters. Speak to us, Lord, through this period and through this time of the coronavirus. God, that we come out of this ready to receive what you have for us, ready to receive greater than before. Father, I lift our bishop and Dr. Cheryl tonight. Thank you, Lord, for their leadership. Thank you for their guidance, their direction. We ask you to touch them both in every area and aspect of their life. Father, we ask you to speak in peace into their mind and peace into their spirit right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, we lift the chaplains and the various ministries of this church before you. And once again, we bring Apostle and Sister C and Dr. Garner. We ask you to touch them, be with them, strengthen them. And Father, we praise you tonight and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, amen. 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 You may be seated. Bless the Lord, hallelujah. As you are preparing your offering here, just a couple of uh, announcements we want to reiterate. And uh, again, our Good Friday service uh, will not happen here in the sanctuary anyway. But um, please just worship the Lord and celebrate uh, the fact that the Lord Jesus did die on the cross for our sin. But Sunday morning uh, and night, again, you can watch us via live stream and we will be celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on, say he's alive. He's alive. Woo! All right. I'm excited anyhow. So praise God for that. Uh, anybody that's visiting via live stream there, we want to say welcome. God bless you. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Anyone visiting here in the sanctuary, thank God for you as well, if this is your first time. And we just want to thank and praise God, hallelujah, that he's here. Oh, my God. The Lord God himself is here. And so Dr. Sherwood wanted to remind us that uh, this past Wednesday, she did an excellent teaching. It was an inner healing teaching, and perhaps she'll say a little bit more about that later. But go ahead and tap into that on live stream because it was recorded. 
on YouTube there uh, because it was recorded. So right now, without uh, any further ado, I want to say that we are going to receive our offering. If you are writing a check, please make that check payable to Evangel. If you are giving me a live stream, hallelujah, uh, just go ahead and press that donate button right there and you can give. And once again, uh, those of you that may not uh, uh, know what to do there. If your computer's broke down for whatever reason, just go ahead and mail that offering in. And our address again is 28491 Utica Road. That's U T I C A Road, Roseville, Michigan, 48066. Why did she give that address? Hey, because I believe people are watching from around the world. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so we thank God for you. Again, make that check payable to Evangel. If you're giving cash, there are envelopes right there in front of you, as well as the envelope for the credit card giving uh, in front of you behind the pew as well. So we're just going to have one offering. And so everything and all that God gives you to put in that offering, please, this is that time uh, right now. So you can hold that offering up, and we're going to make a declaration like we believe God is still on the throne, right? So let's declare this together. As I give in today's offering, I affirm that all the tithes belong to the Lord and is holy. I have willingly set aside this sacred part of my income according to his word and by faith and obedience, I now bring my tithes offering and seed into the storehouse my local church say amen Hallelujah. Amen. Happy Palm Sunday. Just lift your hands tonight and give God a wave. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you for tonight, God. Hallelujah. Just want to get tuned in to the broadcast here on my phone so I can answer any questions. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. There we are. So I pray you had an awesome day and rested and prayed and sought God's face. And I want to look tonight at the seven words that Jesus, the last seven words Jesus spoke on the cross. Now I want to remind you that Passover is this Wednesday starts Passover. And it will go through the following Thursday at sunup. And Passover is the celebration of the Israelites' exit out of Egypt. And putting the blood 
over the doorposts so that the angel of death would pass over their homes as it was seeking to kill the firstborn. And I want us to understand the importance of Passover. I don't have a lot of time to explain it all tonight, but what we need to know is it's the whole concept of passing over, crossing over. Israel crossed over. We are at a place in the kingdom of God where we are crossing over. Crossing over this season of plague, of uh, not responding to God. You know, I believe that the Passover at that time was one of the greatest Passovers they ever had. And I believe this Passover will be a significant Passover because we are crossing over into maturity, into alignment with what God has for our lives, into uh, crossing over into maturity so that we are equipped and trained to lead others to Christ. So this is a significant season, and it begins this Wednesday. And I felt like when I was praying this afternoon that God said, fast. So I bring that before you, church. Pass it on, call others, and encourage people to fast this week. Three days. However you determine that fast to be or define that fast, I challenge you to fast three days out of this week because this is a significant time. Prophetically, the prophetic word of the Lord was that back in January, on January 26th, Chuck Pierce prophesied there would be a plague that would hit America. And it would come sometime early part of the year. And it would last through Passover. It would end through Passover sometime. So I think that we need to honor the prophetic word of the Lord and really seek God's face and fast. And look to God doing a complete crossing over, getting rid of this junk once and for all, and doing more than anything a work in us. That is so key. If you come out of this experience, this plague, this season in the house of the Lord, if you come out unchanged, shame on you. Because there's no way that you would be able to say, well, Lord, I didn't have any time with you. Lord, I didn't, I wasn't desperate enough. We are desperate people. Anybody that loves God with everything in them, we're desperate. We want to see a move of God. We want to see people saved. And this is ushering in the greatest harvest because our hearts, God's doing something in his people first. He's changing us. I can't even begin to tell you how many folks are calling me, texting me, emailing me, writing me, saying, I am changed. I am forever changed. And you know what? 
If nothing else, it's worth it. It's been worth it to see lives touched, people changed. So I just encourage you, this Wednesday starts Passover, the year 5780, and use your mouth, defy the enemy with this plague against our breath and lungs, defy the enemy and decree God's word throughout all of Passover, throughout your day, throughout the night. I find myself waking at night and a scripture be on my mouth or a scripture coming out of my mind. Do that. Decree his word. Fast. We are about to celebrate the burial, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I don't want to enter into this this year just the same old routine. I want it to count for something in my life like never before. And I want to fast and pray and seek his face. Amen? So I want to uh, mention a scripture before I start that I did not give to Val. But we're in a season where we're seeing the weather crazy. We're seeing earthquakes. We're seeing floods. We're seeing volcanoes. We're, we're seeing all this stuff happening. And God reminded me in Luke chapter 21 and verse 28. He says, and when these things start to happen, stand up and hold your head up high. Saints, we're seeing some crazy stuff with this virus. But I want to challenge you in this hour. Stand up and hold your head up high and declare the word of the Lord. Declare his word. Stand up. Don't cower. Don't fear. Stand up. Be strong. And hold your head up and say, my God is greater. My God will conquer all of this. My God is in control. So I want to pray tonight. And I really feel compelled again to just get on our face. And I might do this every time I preach because it just really means something to me. But let's just pray this evening. Father, we come. We come in your presence, Lord, and we don't take this lightly. You are a holy God, and we are holy beings you have created and you inhabit. Father, we stand before you asking you to do the work in us, do a complete work. Lord, we empty our hearts to you tonight. Anything that is unpleasing, God, we humble ourselves and ask you, Deal with us. Change us. Forgive us. Wash us in the blood of Jesus. And Lord, as we study what you said, your word, God, change our hearts tonight by the very words you have spoken and by the blood of Jesus. Change us. Change us. We welcome your change. In Jesus' name, thank you, God.
Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. One of the things that really makes a difference is as we begin to look at the seven words that Jesus spoke. First of all, seven. He didn't speak eight words. He didn't say eight times. He spoke seven times. Seven is the number of completion. And how many of you know he did a complete work? Seven is a holy number to God. How many of you know Jesus is making us a holy people? Seven is the number of feasts that there are. Seven is divine perfection. God is perfecting us. So let's look at this tonight. In the first one, Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. Wow. First thing Jesus addresses is forgiveness. Now that is on purpose. That's intentional because he knows us. He knew people then and he knew us 2,000 years later, right? He knew that forgiveness is a tough one. So the first thing he says is, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive their ignorance. How many of you have thought, that person is so ignorant? And I mean, in a way where you have to think, I just forgive them. I forgive them. I'm not going to hold that against them. Or you walk away thinking, how can anybody be that ignorant? But Jesus said, forgive them. First words from the cross. First words. He didn't forgive them. He didn't talk about the pain he was in. He didn't talk about the injustice of the cross. It wasn't unjust to him. He didn't do anything wrong. But the first thing he addresses is a prayer. He prays to the Father for those who just crucified him. Wow. When we look at this, we certainly have no choice. We don't have any rights. Listen, people say to me, but you don't know what they did to me. I have a right. We don't have any rights. The minute we give our hearts to Jesus, we lose the rights. He owns all the rights. And we are compelled to forgive Forgive those that have hurt us. Forgive those that have talked about us. Forgive those that have ignored us, rejected us, uh, betrayed us. We are to forgive. Violated us, hurt us. We're to forgive. You say, well, how do I do it, Dr. Cheryl? With your mouth. 
And that's not trite. Hear my heart. If you will just speak the words out of your mouth, I forgive and name them, then God uses your words as a creative force. And he is, has access to your heart to forgive. He's the only one that can change your heart. So we must forgive because we don't have a right to not forgive. Because if we say we're his, we have to forgive. I just want you to take a minute, and I just want you to close your eyes, and I want you to say, Lord, if there's anybody I need to forgive, and then forgive them right now. Say, I forgive. I forgive my mom. I forgive my dad. I forgive my husband. I forgive my wife. I forgive my kids. Whoever it is, take a minute right now. And forgive them. Even if you don't mean it, use your voice and forgive. Forgive. Forgive that person that hurt you 20 years ago. Forgive that person that violated you as a child. Forgive every person that the Holy Spirit shows you right now. Say, Lord, I forgive. And now I ask you to do the work in me. Amen. The second one. Let's look at Luke 23, 43. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. What a promise. Jesus knows us. Jesus remembers you. You are not abs you are not absent from his mind. He knows us. He knew that guy on the cross next to him way back when he was just walking out his ministry. He knew. Jesus loves people. And he offers, look at that, he offers eternal salvation to the person that's dying on the cross next to him because he knows the sacrifice that he's making. He says, today, You'll be with me in paradise. You know what's so awesome? That offer still stands for every person that would accept him as Lord. That offer is still in the works to every person that will repent and believe. That's pretty awesome. Because we're always talking about how we want to go to heaven do you know heaven is not a place to me? Heaven is Jesus. Heaven is an eternal life with Jesus. 
It's, we get it in our mind. It's this billowy, willowy place full of hearts and roses. It is Jesus. That's heaven. Heaven is spending every minute with Jesus Christ. He says, today you'll be with me in paradise. He offered that to the thief who never knew him till that moment. Serve him. Cry out to him. Love him with every fiber in your being. And you'll have that same place in paradise. Living a lifetime knowing him. It couldn't get more awesome. The third thing. John 19, 26 and 27. Third thing that Jesus said. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his home. home. So we see Jesus forgave. We're called to forgive. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. We're called to evangelize and get that word out that today, if they will repent and believe, they can be with him in paradise. Eternity. And look at this one. Woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. Jesus cared about people. Jesus cared about relationships. You know, maybe this coronavirus thing has caused you to spend time with your kids, with your mate. And I know some of you are saying, okay, I'm done. I've had so much time, I'm ready to go nuts. Take a walk. Go out. Take a walk. But I want to tell you, Jesus cared about relationships. He cared about, he was dying, and here he was suffering, and he was caring about Mary, his mother. He cares about people. He cares about every woman and every man. So what did he do? He made provision for Mary. What can we gather from these words on the cross? That relationships are important. Your relationships are important. Don't blow them off. When you stand before God one day, you're not going to answer for how successful you were. You're not going to answer for how much money you made. You're going to answer for what did you do with that mate? I gave you, he'll say. What did you do with them kids I gave you? Did you spend time with them? Did you pour into them? We live in a fatherless nation, saints. We live in a time when young people need their fathers. Well, yeah, don't they need their mothers too? More often than not, they have mothers. Once in a while you hear, that doesn't work very good, but 
Fathers, pour in to these kids. Parents, let them see an example in your home of two people in relationship. Husbands, you're commanded to love your wives. Wives, you're commanded to honor your husbands. And let me say this, husbands, when your wives feel loved, they're going to honor you. It's just in us. When we feel loved and appreciated and special, we want to honor and care for and nurture and look after. Use this time to minister to your family. Jesus said relationships are important. Okay, let's look at the next one. Matthew 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. And that is my God. My God, why have you forsaken me? Wow. People have said to me, how could his father do that to him? Because God the Father cannot look at sin, and Jesus had to become sin for us. So that was one moment where God had to look away at the horrible, horrible effects of sin on his son. And in that moment, Jesus was separated for a minute from his father. Separation from God is pure hell. Many of you out there would absolutely agree with me. When you have walked away from God and you were doing your own thing, you were living in hell. And you just wanted to get back somehow to God. Separated from his father. You know, uh, my aunt on the Jewish side of the family, my aunt was in the Holocaust. She was 100 years old when she passed away a number of years ago. But... She was a strong woman, and before she passed, she allowed Bishop and I to lead her to Jesus Christ. It was awesome. But she tells the story about being taken from her home. She lived in Poland, and... They invaded Poland, and they came in, and her husband was a rabbi, and her parents were there, and her, uh, like 20 of her only relatives. And at that time, her first husband, she had three children. One was an infant in her arms, and two were like three and five. They came into their home. They lined everybody up outside. They shot and killed her entire family. And then they took 
those babies from her, shot the three-year-old and the five-year-old down, dead, took the baby out of her arms, threw it in the air, and riddled it with bullets. Now we think, oh my God, what I'm going through. I just couldn't even imagine what my aunt went through. And she went and was in the trenches in Auschwitz, and she worked, and she came out the other side, and she was the most wonderful woman. But I can't imagine the separation from her children and then to watch them brutally die. Separation from God is probably a hundred times worse, believe it or not. I can't imagine what it would be like to have been separated from my little girls. Separated from my husband. Watch them kill everybody. Separation from God would have to be the ultimate worst. He said, Father, why have you forsaken me? That's how he felt. How many of you have ever, ever experienced suffering? I know we all have, to some degree. But what is he telling us here? Stay close to him. Don't get separated from him. He's telling us here, when you see someone suffering, reach out to them. Reach out. This morning, there was really no one here except about four of us. But the most awesome thing happened at the end. After I signed off with you all this morning, a gentleman came down the aisle from the outside. He had on his little mask and his gloves. And he got to the front here and he was crying. And he said, Pastor, do you have any communion available for my mom? She's dying. I said, oh, my word. I said, of course we do. I said, uh, where do you go to church? He goes, my church is closed. And I said, well, that's okay. I said, let me get you communion. And then as I was standing there, Beverly, my our bear, she goes, let's pray for him. I said, absolutely. So we prayed for him and prayed for his mom, and then we led him to Jesus. And we had him come into the kingdom and give his heart, and he sobbed like a baby. Saints, that's all that matters. Souls, souls, growing the kingdom one by one, day by day. And all we did was reach out to him in his suffering. It's not hard. It's really not hard to win a soul when they're suffering. They want Christ. Reach out. Reach out to those suffering. Awesome. Look at the next one, John 19, 28. 
After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Imagine that. He just nailed it for us. But he says, I thirst. I wonder why that was so important. It was important because Jesus was a divine being, but he took on our human nature at birth so that the penalty that should have been ours, hello, the penalty that, should, that belonged to us, it was born by a man who never sinned. We should have been the ones to pay, but Jesus took on the likes of man so that he could say, hey, I suffered, I died, I was buried, I rose again. I paid the price in the human nature, so I paid their dues. Wow. Thirst. It's a natural thing, right? I thirst. Just part of being human. He says, I thirst. His thirst represented the reality of his physical suffering for us. You know, it made me think of another time when he thirsted. See, he thirsted, and everything he accomplished at that moment was so that we could live forever, so we could have eternity. But the other time he thirsted, it was interesting, was at the well, the woman at the well. And he exchanged his thirst for her thirst. Kind of cool. He exchanged his thirst and made it her thirst for spiritual things. He met her right where she was at. She could provide something to quench his natural thirst. What an opportunity. He provided her that which would satisfy her spiritual thirst forever. Think about it as you go throughout your day, days. You go to restaurants usually, maybe. And you go in the restaurant and you have hunger. And thirst. And here comes someone who can quench that. And you can lead them to Jesus. There's a restaurant that we frequented before the virus, and every waitress has heard the gospel in there and prayed the sinner's prayer. Either by us or by people that we're with, or by people from this church. Because it's so important to us. 
to lead souls to Christ. I ran in to uh, Appalachia's yesterday, and I grabbed a soup to go, and the little waitress, she says, oh, are you doing okay, Pastor? I said, yep, are you doing okay? She goes, yeah, and I said, read that Bible. I said, pray. I said, is there anything I can pray for? She goes, I'm good. She goes, but just pray this thing goes away. I said, I think we're all praying that. You have something that can quench thirst, that can satisfy hunger. All you have to do is speak it. You need Jesus. Let him come in. Good. Look at number six, John 19.30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. It is finished. All of God's anger, righteous anger, all of everything that he had against mankind was on Jesus and on the crucifixion. And because of Jesus, this is key, we who believe are reconciled to God and members of his family. We who believe. Just because we say a prayer doesn't get us saved. It's the beginning. It invites him in. But I always like to tell people, let him in and allow him to show up and show off in your life. It's a process. And when you begin that walk with God, you cut off the past. How many of you have been cutting off the past like I've told you? Cut it off. The past has no place in your future. And you begin to walk this thing out with him. And you begin to see God move like never before. And you just begin to every moment, I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. He said, it is finished. In other words, the debt's paid. He completed the assignment. How many of you have ever had to complete an assignment for a class or a report or whatever? And man, when that thing is complete, you're, gone. you're like, it's finished. Kids, when they are done with school on the last day, they're like, yes, it's finished. I'm out of here. I bet you they'll be so excited to go back, though. <laughs> Amen. They'll be jumping to get back to school and see all their little friends. But here's Jesus. He said, it's done. It's paid. How many of you love it when your debts are paid? It's like, wow, that's off our head. He said, the debt's paid. It's finished. And he gave up the ghost. Saints, he paid your debt 
Find ways in this season to be a giver as best you can. Maybe it's a card. Maybe it's a small amount of money. Maybe it's a large amount of money. I don't know. Everybody's at a different place. But find a way to help people say, that debt's paid. Find a way to help people uh, know that someone cares. Find a way to just help. Be a giver. A giver. You know what I hated most about back even in the 90s uh, when, when the televangelists on TV and I had so many people say to me, Dr. Cheryl, you, you know, look at all these people on TV always asking for money and they're living high. And Dr. Cheryl, you know, they're all takers. And it just broke my heart. And I said, well, we're not takers. No, you're givers, but what about the TV? I said, turn it off. Turn it off, don't watch them. Saints, be givers. Let the kingdom of God, especially in this hour, be known for giving. Man, if somebody needs a gallon of milk, just go take it and call them and let them know it'll be on their porch. If someone needs a roll of toilet paper, hallelujah, some of you got a ton of it. Go take a couple rolls to people that need it. If they need paper towel, if they need any kind of food, we got a pantry here. You will get food here. We can give you a bag of food. And we'll do it as, ma as many times as we can. I'm going to keep putting stuff in that pantry. But the key is be a giver. Be givers. I asked that young man this morning, I said, are you okay? Do you guys have food? Yes, thank you, Pastor. I just really needed the communion. Hey, man, here's two. <laughs> Give. It is finished. He paid the debt. He paid a debt he didn't even owe. Wow. And the last one. Luke chapter 23, verse 46. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. He rested in the Father. He said, okay, everything is done. Everything's complete. I'm just going to rest in my daddy's arms. How many of you know that he paid the price? He suffered. He died. The wage of sin, he took it upon him. For all of us who believe, that's so key. It's not available to those that refuse to believe. We must believe. We must believe and repent, have hearts broken and repentant before him. That's part of believing. Repentance. It's not just, oh, I believe. I believe. No. Let your heart break before him. That's how much you believe in him. That you don't want to be the same ever again. 
And after three days, he rose out of the grave. All was complete. He handed over his spirit to the Father. Safe in the Father's hands. You are safe in the Father's hands. This season, God spoke to me. It's a season of rest. We're not to strive. We're to rest in God. Put your life in God and say, I'm just going to rest in my daddy's arms. And I'm going to read and pray and seek his face and just enjoy every minute. Because saints, soon enough, this is going to be over. And you're going to look back and you're going to say, God, I wish I would have spent more time with him. Don't do it. Spend the time now. Rest in his presence. Rest. Commit yourself. Rest in him. Trust him. Trust him for everything. They're trying to do something with finances, and then they're, you know, extending all these payments for everyone. We really don't have to stress out about finances. Yeah, they're going to be there, but I can't wait to see what God's doing. God's providing. We don't have to stress out. We just need to trust him. Say, I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. Even when it seems like your prayer is not getting answered, I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. When he commended his spirit to the Father's hands, he had to trust the Father. He had to trust the Father that he would rise again in three days, just like he said he would. You have to trust the Father that he's getting us through this, and we're going over, not under. See, I'm going over. I ain't going under because my God is in control. Salvation is for those who believe. I said it this morning, and it's important. We have to keep an eternal focus. Stop looking around you. Stop looking at the virus. Just get in your mind eternity. I love Jesus with my whole heart. I'm seeking him. I follow him. I trust him. And eternity is my focus. Because we can fill up churches with be people. And I said this this morning. We can fill them up with people. And the masses are very confident. The masses, the multitudes are very confident but they ain't living it, they ain't walking it, they don't have a relationship with Christ, but they're confident because they go to church and they have a nice service and they all have a nice little group of friends and a nice, and they don't, they don't associate with the unsaved or those low lives, and they wear nice clothes and they do nice things. And so they're the majority. And I'm going to tell you what, so many of the majority think they're going through well the, my bible says that the gate is narrow and so we got to think about that for a moment because nowhere in the bible do we see not one time where the multitudes 
were right. We only see when the narrow gate, those that are going through broken, humble, poured out, seeking God, loving him, believing God. Oh, the church is changing. The body of Christ is changing. We're coming out of that multitude mentality. And we are on our face. And we have said, God, get me through the narrow gate. I want to go through the narrow gate. Because he said in his word, the door to the wide gate is destruction. I don't want to go to hell. How many of you would prefer not? We want to go through that narrow gate. So we got to get a fresh perspective. We got to understand the importance of this season, Passover, crossing over. We have to see that it's a narrow way to live. And we have to see, this was something else God said. A lot of people tell people, if you get saved, you're going to get blessed. That is not why you come to Christ. Yeah, you get blessed, but that isn't why you come to Christ. You come to Jesus, and Bishop preaches this all the time. Bishop says, we come to Christ because we're sinners, and we need a Savior, and we need somebody to save us from eternal hell. That's why we come to Christ. So don't ever listen to people that say, oh, I I got saved because I'm blessed. No, you got saved because you're a sinner. And you need to humble yourself and you need to be repentant. Because he didn't die on the cross just so you could get a blessing. He didn't rise from the dead so you just could get a big old blessing. It's so trite. He did it so that you could stay out of hell for eternity. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you for this word tonight, Lord. I want to close with this clip. Because if we would appropriate Jesus' seven words, this clip is from 9-11 and how it changed people going through hell, going through their suffering and what it did in their lives. Jesus suffered, and it did something for our lives. Watch. Okay, it doesn't want to play. Well, it was an awesome uh, clip of 9-11 afterward and how the people, it just changed their lives. And they gave and they helped and they gathered together. And I'm believing that just like 9-11, this plague is going to bring a lasting change. 9-11, it was a short-term change. But this one has affected the entire world. It's going to bring change to us. 
And I'm praying for lasting change, that we will become united, we will become one, we will become loving, caring, giving what Jesus intended us to be. Amen? So, Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for your word tonight. We trust you, Jesus. We thank you for the seven complete words you spoke on the cross, and we thank you that we will appropriate to our lives tonight what we learned. And thank you, Father, that we will study and examine these words through the week, and you will bring home to us how we can use them in our lives. Father, give us a good week. Let us reach out to those that are suffering. Let us reach out in our homes to our mates, our children. Let us reach out to our neighbors. Let us just reach out by phone and call people. Lord, use us in spite of the virus. Use us. And God, we just thank you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have an awesome week. God bless you. Fast and pray and wash and pray.